Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Uh, hi folks, I'm Tim, and this is Zompocalypse Now, and... You know, over the last several weeks, we've had Twitter had this rotating cast of hosts, and luckily, I've had uh, Nikki Kay join me, and Nikki Kay is joining me tonight. Hello. And last week, Dustin came back after his hiatus for moving, and he's with us tonight. Hi. And so, it's been a long time since we've actually had three people on the show. I know. I don't know if we've ever, well, Curtis guest hosts, like Curtis was there once or twice. Yeah, and we've had, well, we've had uh, uh, Anne-Marie in the background uh, several times. Molly laughed in the background a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> but uh, we are here all tonight, which is great because it is the, the final episode of Fear of the Walking Dead, the final it is. season finale. And I regret to say... I really, I, I missed the last episode, uh, the one, the week where I was, I was not hosting. Um, life got away from me, and tonight... In order for us to actually record it at, at a decent time, I was like, I'll just watch the episode that we're talking about. It's okay. So- oh, I, I'm notorious for doing that. Like, oh, I missed it. I, I, that's just I, that's just too bad. <laughs> like, what happened? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure they'll cover it in the last time thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, oh, the cheering that happened when uh, Beer Batter sacrificed himself. By just swan diving, t- taking a Javert, and just well, see, here's the thing: like, I missed the episodes where he got his character development. <clears throat> so when I met him, it was like, oh, it's a guy who likes beer and knows that the beer is important for like you know society and whatever. And then like I missed two or three episodes, and the next thing I know, everybody's like, you're such a jerk, and you're a walking fart, and blah 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 blah. blah. And I was like. <laughs> I thought he was the beer guy. I thought we were like looking at one of the saviors of humanity here. The the character development that beer goes through in this season has been quite interesting because its patron saint, Beer Batter, is a dick. But as we find out by the end of this episode, beer itself is extremely important. Anybody who knows anything about history has known. <laughs> Beer is important. And also, like, I, you, I'm notorious for, like, Googling shit during the show. Like, oh like hang, hang on a <laughs> second. Like, you know. <laughs> so. Let's just fact check how absolute. What, what is the quality of wool that you are trying to pull over our eyes here, show? Well, there's a, there's a couple uh, tonight, or oh, God. this show, that are, like, tonight we're recording it actually the day after uh the episode screen just because of scheduling there are a couple of issues here at least not least of which of the fact is um beer is not the choice you want to make for antifreeze poisoning by the way um you want to go with something like vodka yeah Um, not only that on top of that june is a dharma's a nurse And, like, if, like, the first thing, like, me and my sister are sitting there and, like, everybody's starting to get sick and she, like, realizes that they're poisoned. It's like, 
making them drink charcoal water, making them throw up, like... Well, okay, so I looked this up, right? So, and we clearly we're getting way ahead of ourselves in terms of any kind of recap here, but uh, spoiler alert for the episode you probably watched before you listened to us talk about it. Um, our heroes get poisoned by the terrible lady, and it's antifreeze is the poisoning agent. And... Which you only need one ounce of antifreeze can kill a person. Right. So I looked that up too. So, <laughs> so the solution, the the non hospital solution, um, and even this is not necessarily a good idea uh, for solving that is actually hard alcohol. Your your vodkas or your your gins with your high alcohol contents um, are actually a way to counteract um, the poisoning. And tonight they solve that problem with beer, which is what six point to be fair they did show that there was a ton of beer bottles just strewn about so they were probably chugging at least five each yeah but the amount of the, the, the problem is they've now given the child alcohol poisoning to keep her from dying <laughs> i mean she's they need to take her to a hospital because they poisoned her. her liver is no longer functioning uh for her to make the amount of beer that would solve the, the poison problem and Cowboy makes a cute little joke about it, and June's like, ha, 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 I'm so in love with you. I love that. Don't drink again until you're 21. And June's like, ah, society crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> the kid literally looks at him like, you're not my dad. Oh, except, except that's the family unit. You know that that's oh, going to be the family yeah. unit. Well, now that, now that, that June and, and John have basically had their, it's okay, we love each other, everything's going to be all right moment. Which, of course, is, you know, just before everyone suddenly realizes they're poisoned, they're all going to die. I'm going to kiss you and in no way embrace you. This is going to be the most... It must... She just... One of them has to have, like, terrible body odor, the way that they've... Oh, they, they all avoided do. being in... Everybody on this show is, is, is... Smells like... I mean, nobody showers in this universe, okay? They're all, like... None of them have functioning noses at this point. You'd think they'd be used to it at this point, though. Like, that kiss was so, like, I don't actually physically want to touch you. I just want you to know that I have affection for you, and it is of the romantic variety, so we must touch lips. Well, their romance is pure, okay? Their romance is pure, and <laughs> and they are, they are you know, chaste lovers. It's all good, right? So, because th- anyway. Because they, have, they both have terrible... Zombie STDs. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so this episode begins with uh, my personal welcome back to to watching The Walking Dead. My wife is the first thing that we see. The wonderful Isle being chased on all sides by the zombies. And um, she ends up, you know, trying to find... If I remember correctly, she tries to have a a walkie-talkie conversation in a goddamn car park, like three levels well, down. You got to remember that it's surrounded it's by rules. concrete. Yeah, you've equipped the walkie-talkie. The walkie-talkie is going to work, or it's not. <laughs> it will work. It will work. Um, in very specific places, usually three steps to the left. Right. If you if she if she had just found three three pieces mithril, that walkie talkie would have worked. 
<laughs> so she tries to call everybody and then looks to the left and is like, oh, you've got to be shitting me. And right there is a news truck. And she's like, my new baby. And off she goes in her news truck. She goes to the news truck and gets a camera, which, of course, has working batteries. Um, But Mm -hmm. that's a rant for, like, a dozen other (laughs) episodes. Um, And then she takes the police car. She doesn't take the news van. No, she takes a police car. Why would you take a big van with all that satellite equipment and stuff? Maybe try and, you know, you could could get a hold of somebody with that. Why would you want to do that? Oh, see, you can tell at this point I was still kind of trolling Tumblr. I thought she took the van. But now I realize, I realize that yes, it had to be the car because that's what that's what um, Sharpie takes from her. She finds Sharpie on the side of the road, um, who has beer batter on a stick. Okay, so I have issues with this whole scene for for a number of reasons. Evil woman has has got Jim on. The, he's like, she's like, your friends are gone, but I like you. I'm not going to kill you. And instead of just shooting her right in the face. Al decides she's going to talk to her. We've already, this woman has already pulled up to you and tried to murder you to death. And you're going to sit there. More than one. And your first reaction is to sit there and chat with her. And everybody that you've been hanging out with has also been threatened by this chick. And she is a certain brand of crazy that does not seem reversible by talking. Well, that's an, that's an underlying issue with this whole episode. Uh, in 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 everybody's interactions with her, but so I I but I give everyone a pass except for Al. Like Al should know. Well, Al seems so pissed by her very existence. Well, yeah, I mean she should just she should have just killed her. I mean, mm-hmm. and and then so she shoots Jim, and then this Walker who's like a dozen feet away, instead of shooting evil lady in the face. A second opportunity to do that she passes by she shoots this guy in a distance who's nowhere near her who's not going to like rush up to her and kill her uh, but she only shoots jim walker in the gut too like what the fuck <laughs> kill that dude and then she gets knocked out um because um we like maggie grace and we don't want her to die apparently uh that's the again the whole like I kept waiting because she's like, I'm going to send my message with you. I was expecting it to be one of those, like, she injected the zombiness into her eye or something where you can't see it. You know? Speaking of not being able to see it, it what a cosmetically appropriate uh, knockout punch where there was no, no discoloration on any of the pretty parts of her face. <laughs> which is her entire face. So uh, she was... She did not look like she had just taken one to the noggin. No. So they find her. Um, our heroes who have gone out of town have come back into town to find her to take her out of town again. And I love how that just magically, they just magically tripped in there like, oh, there she is. Where was she? Like, where where could Maggie Grace have possibly been? The amount of, like, bullshit travel in this episode is very fun. Like, take a shot every time someone goes a ridiculous amount of distance. Okay. And it's just well, this is this is the walk this is this is the walking dead problem is that time distance and space have no meaning in the walking dead universes um this show, this episode was pretty bad about it though yeah so they have got everybody back together and they're all going to head off 
And Morgan's like, well, no, I have to go back for crazy person. And they look at everyone looks at Morgan and goes, no, you really don't. He's like, yes, I do. He's like, no, no, you, you, really, you really, really don't. It's important to my character arc that I tie up this loose end. And they're like, oh, God damn it. Fine. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what it is. The writer said I had to go back and find her because, heaven forbid, we leave a credible crazy threat out there wandering the streets for next season. Yeah. Although I was, I was, uh, the second we saw the car crash, because it cuts, it, it cuts to him, like, heading out into the dark, and he's like, I'm coming for you, Sharpie. And she's like, oh, Morgan, I'm at marker 51, which is apparently in a completely different state, but it's okay. I, I don't know if, like, if, if she just kept moving further and further away until she got back to the, uh, the site of her worst day. Like, if she just kept dragging him along and he was like, I have a walking stick, I guess I'll be fine. But eventually, it becomes day again, and we are at the crash site where she lost her husband. Right, and let's, let's not even, let's not even take a moment's pause to think about the fact that the gas station where everyone else is is in Mississippi, and they left Austin to get there in the zombie-infested wilds, and they're like, okay, Morgan, we'll see you in two days. (laughs) Let's not even, let's gloss that completely let's not even mention that shit well you know everyone knows that texas is the size of a football stadium everyone knows that i mean come on they did the no clip glitch and they skipped five levels (laughs) and it's a speed run tack you would know that if you followed the lore uh so i i was expecting when he found her just like Oh, well, he kills Bill Beer Batter and nobody felt anything. The fact that he takes the time to, while Beer Batter is locked in the back of the car like a puppy, there's a sign that's been stuck on it that says, he's fine, he's listening to his favorite music, he has air. And, <laughs> and Morgan stops to actively read the bullshit that she has sharpied over his head before he takes him out and kills him. <laughs> I love that beer batter has been reduced to like a a living sticky note because that's all he's good for. But anyways, Morgan finds a Sharpie and she has collapsed on top of her husband's grave. And I was like, okay, they're going to have a monologue off over this this extremely important place. No, grabs her by the back of the net, drags her ass into the car, locks her in the back, drives off. You're coming back with me and I'm rehabilitating you, goddammit. Well, we do get we do get her finally explaining sort of that mm-hmm. scene we saw where her husband dies and he says, You I know you had you know, I know you had a bad time and, and something happened to you and and she explains about the car crash, which doesn't actually solve the problem we had originally about trying to figure out the, the, the time frame involved here, because she talks about it happening pretty much at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of the zombie apocalypse. And so all that whole her hanging out by his grave and the, the beginnings of, of the supply runs with the trucks, it still doesn't make any sense in terms of time. 
No. If someone is is ganking truckers for three goddamn years, someone's going to notice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, um, as, as this is going on, uh, everybody else is back at the Mississippi truck stop and... And they're having, they're all doing their little thing, right? You know, they've got their, you know, they're brushing their teeth and they're having their meet cute moments and, and everybody's doing all right. And, and then suddenly everybody's not doing all right. Um, well, okay. I have to stop you here because after the episode was over, this sequence is one that really stuck with me. Because when it's happening, you're just thinking, oh, they're enjoying these creature comforts. They're getting some coffee. They're they're brushing their teeth. They're, you know, doing all these things. And then after it's over and you realize how the poison was delivered, you're realizing, then you go back to that sequence and you're like, how many water bottles did each one of them use to get things in? Hey, if you just completely take out the science of the fact that that they make antifreeze a crazy color so you won't drink it. And they they take out the part where, you know, you know, even if she did just put an ounce of it in each water bottle, like it would have been an obvious, you know, an ounce is kind of a lot. Uh-huh. And if you I mean, if you take all of that out, if you take if you if you exercise any logic completely, and just, you know, you just realize that they had been dosing themselves with this poison like a lot. It, it, it makes it makes it a little bit more of an interesting scene, I just think. It's a good scene in retrospect. I really enjoyed that scene, yeah, because it, it is a, I, I, I want to say masterful, but I think that's a little, you know, that's being a little nice. But I also don't want to say competent because that's not giving them enough credit as storytellers. It's a good scene to set up to mislead the audience. I also want to point out that we have seen her mess with water bottles in previous scenes. So as they're driving back, Morgan gets the story from her and he tries to give her antibiotics for this like festering shotgun wound. And she's like, no, I don't want the pills. And he's like, take the pills. And, and finally she goes, all right, I'll take the pills. And he hands he hands the pills through the slot, through the, through the little open little thing in the between the the front and the back of the police car, and she grabs his arm and car crash. Right. Yeah, it's the it's the Lori Grind school of driving. Yeah. <laughs> and we get this very interesting sequence where, unfortunately, because they weren't careful about her hands, you can very clearly see that she is cupping the front of. <laughs> a uh, uh, camera because her finger just lands on the lens at one point and I that always bothers me it's a little tick but um we get a first person view of her being creepy on on Morgan until he wakes up and realizes she has stabbed him in the goddamn leg and plans her plan is um either you murder me now or I will die. Look at this huge hole I have in my side. I'm going to die and I'm going to kill you. And that's just how it's going to be. So those are your only choices. Yay. Oh, and your friends are going to die because I've poisoned them and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, not only that, think of all the water bottles that they have put in those take what you need boxes out there that she tainted that randos are drinking and dying now. That's how she spent the three years just poisoning water bottles. I guess, yeah. And there's they show later that the um 
the refrigerators that used to be full of life-saving beer are now um, full of water, and I would assume all of those waters are also fucked. No. Well, I don't know. She's She seems pretty thorough with her desire to do terrible things to innocent people. And it's... Morgan, bless his heart, is just like, no, I was gonna save you. I'm a Care Bear. Everything's gonna be fine. And then he tries to choke the bitch out, and then comes out of it because he realizes, oh, I have a quote about losing people sharpied on my forehead. (laughs) And I can sort of kind of see that in the reflection while I choke her. So I'm going to stop. I have an inherent problem with Morgan's (laughs) whole, um, I will not kill, even in the face of what this person has done. This is some Batman Joker bullshit. And not only, like, she showed that grisly wound. And it's like, there's there's no stopping that infection. No. Like, no. like you know, that's like serious surgery needing, you know. Her taking a couple of antibiotics is not going to stop that. So, he, to the point, he, he so refuses to literally kill this person who is dying. And has been an absolute pain in everyone's ass. And has now poisoned thousands of people. Possibly. Um, And instead of just, you know, breaking her head and now, he handcuffs her to the car before he he, he trots off. And her breakdown is just... Such an interesting character choice. I kind of love that this woman is so in control and so smooth when her plan is going fine. And then the second anything happens to fuck her plan up, she dissolves into tears and becomes a whiny baby. And no, it's not how it's supposed to happen. Well, she's not strong. No. Did you miss the point where she's not strong? Like she's like that's like her whole thing. I'm not strong. I don't need to be strong. I need to be made strong. We're all gonna be strong. Let's be strong together. Hands across the zombie America. We're also strong. Like that's her whole situation. Yeah, but her her philosophy of strength is so batshit crazy. There's no there's no the the, the if you stare at the logic of her philosophy you're going to go blind because there's no logic to find. Which I kind of, I I also like, because if they had tried to give her logic, it would almost, like, detract from how awful she is. Well, I mean, when you you consider that, that she is, we've had crazy villains before in the Walking Dead universe. Um, But she is one of those people, she's so... Her level of delu- functional madness is—I mean, she's not running a she's not running a town like the governor, um, or or basically, you know, she's not really in a position of of power over people in the traditional sense that we tend to see madness personified on this show and and the yeah. other the other shows. This is a much more insidious kind of madness and a much more insidious kind of villainy because. You know, she's poisoning water bottles for people to come along and, you know, they're going to 
the body count she's racked up over three years has got to be pretty high. Even if they're just, like, having a bad sick day, that lowers their chance of survival in this in this. But yet, when, when did she get a chance to, to poison the water bottles? Well, we don't know. So that's, that's three years ago? That's, so that's part of the problem with, with this character, is that the implication is is that she lost her husband basically at the beginning of the rising of the undead. And so that's about three years ago-ish in inside the Walking Dead timeline. And she apparently started killing the truck drivers. Um, Pretty soon after that. And right. so we, but we don't, we just don't know how long the water bottle poisoning thing has been going on. We don't really have a scale for that. Honestly, she's such a good actress and the character's so interesting. I wanted Morgan to save her. You know, they were trying, they almost were trying to set her up as like almost the, a counterpoint to Morgan in terms of somebody who's been damaged by this world and he wants to help and she wants to hurt and he wants to save and she wants to destroy. But at the same time, she's so far gone that his whole quest to try and save her is so quixotic. It is so fruitless and pointless and a madness of its own that I just wanted to reach through the screen and go, okay, Morgan, buddy, pal, let's talk. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's there's obsession and then there's madness. And you are pushing past obsession into madness yourself. Which, which is fine for Morgan's character, except our resolution here is him going from, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, kill you i'm not going to kill you to oh god i'm going to kill you i'm going to kill you i'm going to oh wait i'm not going to kill you right i'm going to walk three states and it's going to be fine so anyway yeah he he leaves her handcuffed to the car and he walks he's going to walk back to mississippi we we know that he they are close enough to where the bullshit connected to the truck stop is able to reach his walkie-talkie, but his walkie-talkie is not able to reach them, except for when it does three feet to the left. <laughs> so somehow nobody dies in his in his days, perhaps weeks long trek from one state to another. They just sweat. Eight hours they just sweat so much, and 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 hold their tummies. Well, they find out, they, 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 of course, realize that now that they know it's antifreeze, that, that ethanol is going to, you know, ethanol will, will counteract the effects. And there is, of course, in the parking lot, there's a broken down ethanol truck. Right. Now, I'm going to sit there and go out on a limb and say the, the <sighs> straight consuming what is in that truck as an antidote to the antifreeze is probably going to kill them. <laughs> I'm yeah, just going to go out on a limb and say that's probably what would happen. It's okay. They're going to dilute it with the water that's been poisoned by antifreeze. Oh, well, of course. There you go. It makes all sense. Um, so then they're going to go out to the truck, but unfortunately, the zombies, have the walkers have decided to to converge on on the truck stop. And so they go out and no, everybody... wait, hold on. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. This leads to one of my favorite scenes where the entirety of the cast looks god-awful. They all have deep circles under their eyes. They're all sweating, and they look like they want to pass out or puke. And they're, they're like, you know, getting each other all all ready, and they're like, okay, we're gonna fucking... We're gonna... We're gonna... We're gonna kick these zombies' asses. I loved it. I loved seeing all of these badasses reduced to, like, shambling zombies themselves except they except then they go outside and then uh, they manage to kill a whole bunch of zombies just fine on you know despite the fact they all should be like flat on their backs so they get out there and um erudite bastard whose name i can't remember um he's strand he can't get the he can't get the truck uh, the the little the little thingy to open and the ethanol to come out normally and um, the zombies are getting closer and closer. And um, Chicky Poo with the long hair, whose name I can't remember. Alicia. Lucia. Oh, Alicia. Alicia, yeah. She, she, she has a wonderful moment of acting where she's like, oh, God, I'm going to fucking die doing this. Oh, Jesus. And I feel so, oh, God, this sucks. And then Al goes, get down, and blows them all away using the automatic ma- machine guns that are just part of her her rig and unfortunately it clips the side of the ethanol truck and the ethanol that they were trying to siphon out is now pouring out of it and they cut away and tell Morgan that they lost all the ethanol which is so stupid it's pouring out of the fucking thing okay so all right uh nikki yeah. I have recently started allowing my 11-year-old daughter and my 10-year-old son to watch The Walking Dead with me. Uh-huh. And so we're watching last night. Mm-hmm. And that happens. And Trinaya looks at me and she goes, why don't they just get out of the spraying out? Like, why do they just get the stuff that's coming out? And I was like, shh, 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 shh. It's Chinatown. Like, what? And I was like, you'll never get that reference. And then I disappeared. <laughs> well, not only that. Not only I that. Okay, so so, so somehow everything so that is angry. everything that is above the hole the bullet holes has poured out, right? Right. But this is a this is a tube, right? This is a big metal tube. So beneath those bullet holes that are very, they aren't like spraying, they are dribbling. Right. So beneath those bullet holes is a whole, everything below that line is still got ethanol in it. And if they ever get the thing that was stuck, that was not opening for them. Or get a crowbar and stick it in one of those bullet holes and pry it open. No, but Morgan has to be the one to save the day. Oh, I know. And it has to be beer. It can't be vodka because that's the callback to Jimbo. And, you know, you you have, I mean, didn't you read Story 101, Timothy? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> but they, it's so, ah! okay, so, <laughs> ah! I hate it <laughs> so much. Uh he walks, he walks, he walks. Morgan walks and walks and walks, and he gets in a car, and the car runs out of gas, and he walks and he walks some more. Which makes me wonder how much gas was in the fucking. 
Well, please, car. Don't don't ask questions about well, batteries, I gasoline, know. or I know. time, space, or distance. Okay, it just doesn't. It, you'll go mad. You'll just go mad. Okay, so he goes and he goes and he goes, and then he trips, and he's like, I can't go any further. I can't go any. It just it hurts so much. And Al at this point has been reviewing all of her previous footage. And I was just waiting for it to get to the character that is actually connected to her. Right. And it didn't happen. She, she just like, has oh my God. big when emotions. She on that, on that, all right. So when she kind of slowed down on that lady with the kid, mm-hmm. I was like, deeply lesbian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she just rolled on. And it kept showing, like, it showed this dude with all these tattoos. And I was like, no, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. That's not the one. No, you don't get to cry over him. It has to be a lady. Oh, look, it's a lady. Oh, no. Oh, yay. Oh, keeps going. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> she doesn't watch any of them. Actually, she doesn't listen to any of the stories. She just watches them speed through. And well, she's she's rem- she's thinking back on what what Sharpie has said to her about like, oh, you didn't help any of those people. You just gave them enough to get by and they're probably all dead. And so she's thinking like all she's been doing so far over all this time is collecting stories. She has been caring about the people that the stories belong to. Mm-hmm. She's been caring about the stories, much like the writers on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, oh, just, I know. Just punching upwards. Well, okay, um, so so what's interesting about that to me is that for all of the characters we've had this season, we still don't actually have her backstory. Right. Everybody else, we've been given who they are, who they were before this all started. And no, Al, no, sorry. No, no info for, info for you. Oh, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, a journalism student, you know, after after her dad rescued her from white sex slavery, she decided to become a journalism student. Wow. And, uh, and you know, she doesn't have his particular set of skills, but she knows some things. <laughs> so you're saying that, they, that since they've canceled Taken... Um, and so this is, the, this is the other spinoff? This is the, the Taken right. Walking Dead crossover? Okay, sure. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, you know, she, she, she played the daughter in all three Taken movies. Oh, okay. I was like, we have taken, we have veered into white sex slavery, and I don't know how we got down this road. Can I get off of it now? <laughs> uh... But yeah, so Al Al's watching all this shit, and she's getting pumped, and so you know, holding her tummy, doing her little <laughs> constipation walk, she gets back to the mic, and she's like, "You tell her, you tell her, Morgan, I'm coming for her." And Morgan walks three because he has heard Al's voice. He has the strength to get up again, and what? Although he has been on the walkie this whole time, including when he collapsed, he goes. Three feet to the left, starts it again, and can magically be heard perfectly. And it it fills everyone with hope. And somehow he gets he not not only does he get back to them, but somehow he is able to get a delivery truck 
for Joe's beer batter beer. And he brings it in. And everybody is magically saved by the power of beer. It is beer ex machina. Yeah. And I was at this point, like completely shocked for uh, several reasons. Number one, uh, everyone is surviving, obviously. And number two, that I just spent an hour and 20 minutes watching this. This should have just been an hour. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't understand how they can sweat that much and not have anything to drink and just be okay. Can't drink the water. Well, okay, seriously, they're all dead. Okay, this is all Morgan's hallucination at this point. <laughs> it's his dying vision because because beer is not going to solve the poisoning problem. It's just not. Look, I, Tim, I I went online Timothy. tonight. I went online tonight, and there are heartwarming stories about saving small dogs from antifreeze poisoning who are pumped with like half of a bottle of vodka, and they're like a puppy, <laughs> and the, and they and they did it over days so that this small puppy could live. And I'm like. These people all drink, what, a six-pack, and they're fine. It's like, no, they're all dead. They're all dead. And somewhere, Madison is walking down the road going, is everybody dead but me? And the answer is, yes, Madison, they're all dead but you. Everyone, they're all dead, sorry. You've lost, yeah. Tim, you wanted this series to be more hopeful. That's you wanted them. I know. To live. <laughs> I know, and that's what kills me. That okay, so that's so the episode basically ends everybody is miraculously survived and Morgan's like we're not going back to Virginia. We're going to where we're going to where the 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 truckers all began their their uh, their trips of hope out into the world. And we're going to build here and we're going to basically, you know, carry on this work and Al's like you know, I know where a lot of these these individual people are, or where they were that I've got told stories about. We should go find them and build a community here. And Alicia's like, we should do this because this is what my mom was trying to do. And everyone's like, yes, let's build a world. And I'm like, you know, as much as I want this from the Walking Dead universe, as much as I want this sense of hope and and you know, why a lot of this season, especially early in this season, I was a big champion of the direction of this show. Um, they're hitting me over the head with the saccharine <laughs> sweet stick. And, and I'm, I'm bruised. And I've got bruises on my faces that Maggie Grace didn't have because they've hit me so hard with the hope stick that I'm having a, I'm having a rebound. And now I'm just like, bring back the nihilism, okay? Have bring you been back, bring by the back Care Bears the doom, here? all right? Oh, well, you know this isn't going to last. Oh, you know not. that the Walking Dead's favorite thing is to have these characters walk seven in a line down the middle of a country road. And they can't do that if everybody's in long haul trucking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Everybody's got to have an automatic weapon. Everybody's got to be walking side by side down the ro- middle of the road real slow. So what I've learned by peeking my head into this series is that The Walking Dead is a mess and it doesn't matter if it changes its focus. It's still going to be a hot mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You Uh may want it to be hopeful, but do you, though? 
Like, do you really? Do, okay. Because this is what you get. No, like, you don't. No, but here's the you thing. You don't get here's the good thing. hopeful stories. But the thing is, is that hopeful stories, there's nothing wrong with them at all. The folks who write The Walking Dead don't know how to write hopeful stories. They don't do know. Do they how... know how to write nihilism, though? Oh, yeah, of course. No. Sure. No, they don't even know how to do that. I was about to say, I don't think they know how to write, Tim. I think they I think they have like competent competence in bursts. I see I would they argue are... that because the first half of the season, the first half of the season when Dustin and I were were talking about how this the show has completely changed direction. So much so that in early episodes when we were when we were at the 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 ballpark, I w- I was complaining that I wasn't sure I recognized these characters because Madison and Strand and Alicia and and Nick were all hopeful, and they were all building this. We had a time jump in between the the end of the last season and the beginning of this season, mm-hmm. where they were all like, "We're building a world with these people," and I was like, "Where where are the old sociopaths? These people used to be." <laughs> and and yet, over the course of like three episodes, I was invested in this new direction the show was taking. So much so that when we get to the point where where Madison appears to die, because I don't think Dustin and I, for a second, believe that Madison is still dead. Even though they didn't bring her back this episode, I still, like, I watched all the way to the very end, waiting for that three-click, you know, on the... (laughs) So much so that by the time we get to the the mid-season, Madison's death, apparent death, was something that we were so... Well, the way she di- the way she died was it was hard for Dustin and I to buy it. Period. Um, let alone whether or not the character should die. The way the character appeared to die, we were like, "Eh, I don't think she's dead." But but that first half of the season, which ended basically with Nick being shot uh, and dying by Char- you know after Charlie kills him, that whole thing. There was so much good writing in the first half of that season with introducing John and June and all those dynamics that they were playing with. You know, it wasn't perfect, but the first half of the season was, I think, really, really strong writing. Yeah, and I always, I always think it's so funny to uh, to compare what we think to to like the actual uh, like like people who are getting paid by TV Guide review right. because they would be they're like it's so boring it's like why are they all like having all this hope where's all the fighting and killing and, and it's like no they're they're trying something you know let them let them have a minute like <laughs> yeah uh how's the fandom responded to this season oh there the, the the backlash against this season by a significant chunk of fear of the walking dead fandom is gigantic Okay. They yeah. are they are very unhappy with the new characters at all. They're they feel like Morgan has come in and taken over the show. Uh, they feel like I mean he has. Well, he, yeah, he, he I, I would I would say that he has. And what no, Morgan didn't, but the writers decided that he should. Well, yeah, what, and, and what the they did wrong the last... with that is that they 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 didn't bring Madison back to be a counterpoint to him, or let Alicia do it. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, you Alicia do it. Like give, you know, they relegated. They t- essentially what they did was Morgan. Morgan showed up, and John Dory showed up, and Dharma showed up, 
And they're like, these are the new main characters of the show. And then Al. But I'm not mad at Al. I'm fine with Al. I was about to say, if you're mad at Al, we're going to have fisties? No, no, I'm totally fine with her. And Alicia (laughs) and Strand, and to a smaller extent, Lucia, just went and sat in the background. Oh, Nikki, you missed, if you'd never watched any other Fear of the Walking Dead, you missed such great evolution with Alicia. Because when she started off the show, she was this muley-mouthed teenager who would clean up vomit without, like, putting her hair back. Oh, yeah, this was referenced to me. I, I, have, I have heard the, uh, the um, poor life choices of this teenager. And slowly, over the course of the last couple of seasons, she's grown, she's become dynamic, her and her mother have had these great character moments. Some of the best writing on the show was between Alicia and Madison hashing out their issues because Madison basically let Alicia raise herself while she tried to save Nick from drug addiction. Mm, and this, and, and Nick is... Um, uh, the brother that died earlier. Right. Never met a cult leader he didn't like. Right. And so, so that was so good. And then when she died, and it, like the season, the, or when Madison died, air quotes, um, you know, Alicia took on this, you know, revenge arc to kill all the scavengers. And that was, I mean, that was fucking awesome. It just was. Mm. And so, but but as soon as Morgan showed up, and Morgan was like, "I'm here to to bring peace," she's like, "Okay." And then she went and sat in the background with Lucia. Yeah, it's I. She's a non-entity too. Like she's my least favorite character because she hasn't done anything except for be like, "I'm gonna take you to the beach, and we're gonna go to the beach," and that's not even a beach. Like little girl is like, "At least we saw the beach." I know we're dying, but we saw the beach, and I'm like, "You didn't. You didn't though." Oh, and then my favorite, my favorite part of the beach thing when she's like, "I'm taking you to Galveston." It's like. You, do you know Galveston is an island? Do the writers know Galveston is an island? No. No, they don't. No, the answer is no. So, so strong first half of the season, the second half goes off the rails. I'm sorry. I mean, as much as I want, much as I wanted hope, as much as I wanted a positive thing, I don't I don't know. I don't for all the strengths the first half of the season set up. For all the fact that that even with Morgan in the show, it was a better balance because Morgan was part of an ensemble cast at that point. It was a, a bunch of different people and their story. And now the second half, it's basically Morgan and everybody else. The problem was the writing became imbalanced once they got the characters together. Once it stopped being little vignettes where everyone was like in twos and threes, once it became a large group, it suddenly everybody got relegated to their niche and dumbed down to whatever they brought to the group, which in Morgan's case should not have been leader. He should not have been the guy who. And here's the problem in this, because I've talked about this before on the, on, on our, on this show. It took a show where the central character was a strong, flawed woman. And they switched it back to being a dude. I mean, it gets points for it being a black dude, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, you know, it took a show that, I mean, they tried to make Travis the thing for a little while, but he was just terrible. But the show was about Madison. Mm-hmm. It was about Madison and her and her struggle and her strength and her determination and her flaws. To and, save her they, family at any cost. 
Yes. And they they killed that bitch off and put a dude in. I just wish they hadn't made Sharpie so absolutely irredeemable. I wish that she hadn't her I wish that her issues hadn't been so long to where there was a possibility that he could have monologued her back into joining the group because that would have actually been because then you wouldn't have to have the whole um everybody's doing fine thing there would be this the the season finale would be a conflict of you brought who home we're supposed to we're supposed to work with this lady the problem with that is that there that would be too much of a parallel to what's going on over on the walking dead oh god damn it yeah so (laughs) So there's a whole the, the thing is there's a whole bunch of that sort of stuff going on, and I read an interesting I read an interesting article, um, just today about why the ending we got is the ending we got, is so that we can have another time jump that brings Fear of the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead, which has a time jump in between the its last season and this season, so that eventually the two shows can merge. And they can cancel Fear of the Walking Dead and put off a new spinoff. Okay. So this is all part... So so basically what has happened is that the story here has been hijacked by the larger plans for the franchise. Oh, I love franchising and capitalism fucking with my media. I just... I. Uh, who's the motherfucker in The Walking Dead who is... Are they are they better than Sharpie? Because I doubt it. Oh, Negan? Um, six of one, half dozen of the other. I mean, Dustin, yeah. hates, Dustin hates Negan. I don't always hate Negan. Sometimes I do. Okay, but Sharpie Lady is great all the time. Well, the problem is... <laughs> the problem is, is that she is so, irrede- so irredeemable... That Morgan's she didn't have to be Morgan's in, intense obsession about redeeming her ends up not feeling realistic. I get that, but it didn't have to be that way. Well, no, it didn't have to be that way. There's a lot of things that clearly didn't have to be that way. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm arguing. Yeah, like, they, if, could if, all, they could have all just had an ice cream social. This could have been fear the ice cream social if you wanted to talk about what could or could not have been. No, they're all dead. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They're all dead. They all died of, of poisoning, and Morgan is, like, hallucinating at the side of the road. And next season, we'll start off with Madison going, who the hell are you? And Morgan's like, I'm going to be, I'm Morgan. And she's like, where's my kids? And he's going to be like, well, so I funny story. I killed them all. Everybody dead. And, uh, That's my new headcanon. All right. Well, it's, 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 it's late, and, and we've, we've ranted enough. So this, is, this has been... Fear the Walking Dead season four, for good or for ill, mostly ill on the second half of the season. I, so I many can't missed opportunities. do this anymore. This show is was a train wreck. Luckily <laughs> for you, Walking Dead starts next week, and you're welcome to join us for that. It'll be great. <laughs> no, I'm going to go review Candle Cove. Bye. <laughs> and Nikki and I are going to do. The Candle Cove. What, so what is uh, uh, just completely? It's the creepy pasta series from Sci-Fi Channel. It's called Channel Zero. Right. And so Dustin and I reviewed Candle Cove. I guess what? What two, three years ago now? 
No, we watched. I we, I think we were going to, but I watched one episode and I was like, no, no, thank you. Like I don't know what like something like some of the imaging was so disturbing to me that I couldn't watch it. I don't know why I was in a, I was in a weird headspace. Well, it, the oh imagery the, the imagery of the first season actually is quite disturbing. The, there's something about oh. something about things made of teeth that it just is not right. You guys, what? Oh, I'm so excited! I went in thinking, oh, this is just going to be. No, I remember. I remember. I watched the first episode of that show, and I was legitimately disturbed. And I have not watched a single episode of it since then. Not even, not even this last one, which was uh, starred one of my favorite little actresses from Teen Wolf, Holland Roden. Oh, Tim, I'm so excited. So Nikki and I are going to oh. be reviewing that show. Uh, Dustin apparently is not going to be joining us, although you're welcome to. Which is so sad. It's been so much fun hanging out with you this episode. Well, we'll I'm sure we'll do it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will. Hell yeah. We'll have to. So we will be back next <laughs> week with The Walking Dead. And then later in October, uh, we'll be having the Channel Zero review. We're going to basically go through the first three seasons of the show. We're going to talk about each of those as a single episode. And then when we're going to re- start reviewing the new season, which comes out uh, later in October. And so that's coming up. I don't think we have a name for that. It might just be Zompocalypse Now's other show. I don't know. We'll figure that uh, out. Creepy pasta extravaganza. There, something. Like... That's a good pasta. <laughs> that's a good pasta. Uh, so yeah, we'll figure that out. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate it. We would love to have you follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to rate or review the show, that would be fantastic. You can find us on podcast.com and iTunes and a couple other places, actually. Um, we'd love to hear from you. As always, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week here on Zompocalypse Now. Have a good week. Bye. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.